Neither do I. Jesus finds himself at the middle of a scene in which these Pharisees believe they've trapped him. Because on one hand, this man who claims to be love, will he stone this woman in accord with the law of Moses? Sometimes what the evil one tries to make us do is feel like it's an either-or situation. But Jesus is the one who shows us a third way. It's interesting at first to notice, too, that here's this woman caught in the act of adultery, but we don't see anything about the person she was with. That you see instead these men who perhaps carrying lust in their hearts, have come to condemn her. But Jesus responds so differently. Well, how does he respond? It's interesting. When you think about this, what, what was he writing on the ground? One way I've heard this spoken about is that when you and I are caught in sin, I remember as a kid, I would often get caught uh, like literally with my hand in the cookie jar. It was a tin and it would be on top of the fridge. And so I'd hop up on the counter, reach up on top of the tin, on the fridge with the tin and I'd open it. But apparently tins make noise. And so I'd go to close it and my mom would hear and she'd say, Matthew? I was like, and, and just you feel, when you feel caught in something, you, it, your head goes down and you just feel ashamed. And, and shame is different than guilt. Guilt is, you know, maybe I've done something wrong. But shame is, I am wrong. And so Jesus perhaps goes down to the earth. And he's drawing, writing on the ground. Possibly because that's where that woman was looking that he wanted to get her attention and maybe offer her a look of compassion and understanding. And then he stands back up and continues this conversation. And he says, the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw in a stone. And then he bows down and he starts drawing again, maybe catching her eye again. And perhaps she noticed how this Jesus looks at her differently than these other, these other men. These men look at her with anger and judgment, perhaps with lust. Perhaps we don't know who the person she is with is because, I don't know, maybe it's them. But look, Jesus looks at her differently not in a way in which he wishes to take something from her, but instead to give her something, to offer her love, what is true love, that love doesn't seek to take, but love gives. And so he stands up and it's just Jesus and the woman. Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. 
Then Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. And it's good to take a second and let that sink in. That Jesus says to us, neither do I condemn you. St. Paul says it this way, for, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That judgment doesn't even happen till our death, but there's no condemnation. And so if I'm feeling a spirit of condemnation, it's not from God. And honestly, often it's coming from myself. I know in my own life, that's actually been a heavy burden at times, is beating myself up for things that I've done or haven't done. Things that Jesus has forgiven in confession already. But he may have forgiven me, but I'm still beating myself up. And so in the end, the one person with a a stone still in their hand is me, and I'm just like beating myself with it. But that action is actually to fall into a different sin of pride. Pride says, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been better. I shouldn't have fallen. I should have been perfect. I should have known better. That's like looking at a test and it's like, oh, I put this answer. I should put, it was true and I put false. I knew it. Like I should have known better. When the reality is like, Look, bro, like that's, that was the best I had in the moment. Like, I wasn't accurate. And it's okay, because that's the whole point of a test, because now I know. But pride has me continue to beat myself up after the fact, saying, I should have known better. I should have been perfect. To which someone could say, oh, Mr. Perfect. Oh, you're never supposed to mess up. Oh, so sorry, you know. When the reality is God knows we're not perfect. And it's precisely into that space that he wants to pour his love. To give us his mercy where he says, it's okay. Let's, let's go forward and let's not sin anymore. Like, let's put this behind us and let's move into this new chapter. And, and I think that's the invitation is to put yesterday behind me and to move forward today. I, I've, I've been feeling this even today in my heart in a different way. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm busy beating myself up for striking out yesterday or striking out earlier today. And I want to come back and like hit a home run. And the Lord's saying, don't, you don't need to hit a home run. Why don't we just hit a single? So, so you haven't prayed for a week or a month. Like, you don't need to, like, get on your knees and pray for three hours. Like, it's okay. Why don't you just hit a single? Take five minutes. And then wake up tomorrow and hit another single. Hit, pray for five more minutes. And maybe, we, maybe we've been caught in our own sin of sexual impurity. And we're beating ourselves up. And the Lord says... Neither do I condemn you. And so maybe our invitation tonight is to let the Lord look at us with eyes of love. A look that's different. A look even different from our own eyes of how we look at ourselves.
but a look of understanding and love that holds nothing back for us, that wants to teach us what love really looks like. And that with him, that perhaps I could take a small step, little by little, and go forward in a new way with him and his love.